morning. How we doing today? Feeling good this morning? Ooh, man, it feels good in here. We had a great first service, and I'm excited about what God's doing in the second service, and we get to go home and watch some football. How the Texans going to do this year? Go Astros, right? Hey. Somehow, the Houston Texans got the unlucky draw of playing Baltimore in game number one today. So I don't want to lose the church, so that's all I'll say about that, and we'll move on. This evening we have Growth Track. If you're wondering about what the Avenue is all about or how you can find out more about who we are, you're looking to get involved, you want to just ask some questions about the church, and you also have an opportunity to discover some things about yourself you may or may not know, uh, that's what Growth Track is. It's probably your next step, and so we'd invite you, uh, each one of you that has never gone through that, to take that step. It's, a couple, uh, it's one evening tonight, the first Sunday of each month. And so, um, being it was Labor Day last weekend, we moved it to this week. The next one will be in October. So we'd encourage you to do it tonight. We already have some people signed up for it. The Harveys hosted at their home, and we'd love to have you there. And uh, child care is available if needed as well. So you can sign up online at myavenue.church under events for growth track there. Or uh, you can let them know in the lobby, and they'll get you some information on it. Small groups are also happening as our Fall semester has launched, and we're excited about small groups. Have you enjoyed small groups already? Come on. Small groups are going on. If you've signed up, you're involved in a small group. What is a small group? It's basically breaking down what we do on Sunday morning throughout the week, and we'd love to have you be a part of a small group. You're invited. Maybe it's your first time here. Maybe you've been coming for a while. Get in a small group. Scan that QR code on your way out this morning or go to the website. Get some information. You can sign up for one there, and the leader will reach out and give you information on the dates and times of when that group meets as well. We'd love to have you in our groups. Take note, our Freedom Small Groups are uh, the only group that we have to close registration for next weekend because there's only a certain amount you can miss. It's more of a structured class. And so if you plan on doing Freedom Group, you need to sign up and get in now. If not, wait until January when we do that one again then. Other than that, the rest of our groups are wide open and they run all semester and you can be a part of those. Um, and we encourage you to be in one there as well. Excited because we are in a series called Miracles. Now the series is called Miracles, but the story behind that is always about Jesus. The songs we sing, about Jesus. The message we preach, about Jesus. In our small groups, even though we're going golfing, it's about Jesus. Like we live our lives about Him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so we make everything we do involved, it circles around who He is. So He did these miracles. We have 37 unique miracles written for us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, known as the Gospels. Now, the Bible said that he did many more miracles throughout time that he was on the earth, but they didn't record them. But they recorded these so that we might be able to see and believe. And so in these miracles, this microphone always gives me a little trouble. In these miracles, we're able to understand who Jesus is and the power he possesses then, and we can believe it for today as well. The Bible says Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. So why do we think that just because he has left, the miracles left with him? No, he said, I go away that another may come. And when he comes, he will fill you with power and fire. He said, greater things will you do. So I believe we can still see miracles happen in our lives today in 2023. No matter what you came in with, 
no matter what you're facing and situation it is, no matter what test you're up against, no matter what your scenario is, be it one that we know or not known, God has a miracle for you. Do you believe it this morning? As we unpack this series, I really want it to build your faith. This is a faith-building series. This should uplift you. This should be able to get you, maybe you've been discouraged, depressed, maybe you've been frustrated. Some of y'all have been waiting a long time for a miracle. And I believe that this will inspire you, but not just inspire you, engage you and get you to a place where you believe and your faith has risen up because that's what it takes. It takes our faith being risen up in order to see God do something amazing. Week number one, we talked about Jesus feeding the 5,000. There's 5,000 men. There was upwards of women and children. So around 15 to 20,000 people were fed. And when he did that, he exploded on the scene. Because when he fed those people, there was like, all the word is out now. They said there was probably around, um, I have it in my notes here, somewhere in the, I think I said 200 million or so people on the earth when Jesus walked the earth. So you figure 15 to 20,000 of those people find out about him, word's going to get out. Because he'd been doing these miracles and saying, hey, shh, don't tell anybody. Because he wasn't trying to get the publicity. He was trying to do miracles but kind of stay low key because his time had not yet come to reveal himself for who he was. But this miracle now puts him on the scene and now he goes through this process and suddenly everybody knows, hey, this guy's different than everybody else, than the rest of us. So I want to unpack this this morning because today is a different type of miracle, but it kind of runs alongside of feeding of 5,000. Now last week, Pastor Jessica did a great job of walking us through a lady who had been dealing with an issue of blood, a hemorrhage for 12 years, something that should have killed her and taken her out in her first year, but she survived it because God had God carried her through it, her faith carried her through it, and she saw her healing come 12 long years of suffering. How many of y'all have survived some stuff? Come on, how many of y'all survived some situations in life? Maybe self-inflicted, maybe just attacks, maybe just storms you've walked through, but you know that God has brought you through because he's not through with you yet. What a great job she did last week unpacking that for us and helping us see that she was able to get to her destination because of God's hand on her life. She was desperate for it. This morning, I want to dive into this story that actually picks up from when I preached the opening of this series. So Jesus had fed 5,000 people, the women and children, everybody was fed, their bellies were full, and as they are, now remember, Jesus actually had gone to the other side of this lake in a boat with the disciples to get away. He wanted some alone time. His cousin, John the baptizer, had just been murdered and beheaded, and so Jesus was grieving this, and he goes to get away, takes his disciples, they recognize him, they gather from all the towns, it swells up this big crowd, and the Bible says Jesus has compassion on them, begins to teach them. It takes all day. Don't get on me for preaching long. Jesus preached long, too. <laughs> As he's preaching all day, the disciples are like, hey, we're hungry. Come on, get this thing going. Close it down. Kickoff is coming. Now, you know the, the, the clock in the back, Jesus, it's ticking. Let's go. Jesus said, you want, you want feed them. As they feed them, 
it ends, and as we get to that place, we pick up the story in verse 22 of Matthew, and Jesus does something very unique. Immediately, he tells the disciples to get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Go before him to the other side. So he gives them a word, I'll meet you over there. And he dismisses the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowd, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from land. It was beaten by the waves, so the wind was against them. If the boat represents your life, then this part of the message is for you. Because the boat was up against the wind and the waves of his life. Some of y'all have come in here this morning and your life has been beaten by the wind and the waves of life. Emotionally, you've been beaten. Mentally, you've been beaten. Physically, you've been beaten. You've been beaten on all sides. You've been, you come in here and you're like, I don't even know how I got here this morning. I don't know how my marriage is still intact. I don't know how I still have a, sa a sane mind. I don't know how I e even get out of bed in the morning. And you know that you've been going through something, but somehow you're here. The disciples are in this boat that's just being beaten on all sides. And in the fourth watch of the night, verse 25, he, Jesus, came to them walking on the sea. Now, for you scholars and theologians, the fourth watch of the night is important. The fourth watch of the night is somewhere between 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. The fourth watch of the night is also the time when Moses led the people across to the Red Sea. The fourth watch of the night is when the shepherds announced Jesus' birth to the angels, to the shepherds. The fourth watch of the night is when Jesus was resurrected early on that Easter Sunday morning. The fourth watch of the night is a very important time in the scriptures. This is the moment the disciples are in. Now you've got to get the picture because he sent them over in the evening. Let's say the evening's five, six, seven, eight o'clock at the latest. 8 p.m. at the latest evening time. He sends them across the lake. I'll meet you on the other side. Go ahead of me. Now it's the fourth watch, somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m. These boys have been working a long time to stay alive. It wasn't like they just got out there and the storm came up. They went over in the evening, and Jesus doesn't come along until early morning hours. Something about Jesus that he's on his own schedule. Not my favorite part of Jesus. Keeps his own clock, and he doesn't like to share the time. He likes to show up at his own moment. Romans 5 says at just the right time, Jesus shows up. And there he comes. Verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. Of course they were. And they said, it's a ghost. They cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got in the boat, the wind ceased, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, this morning we thank you for the opportunity we have to open up your word. 
to learn more about you. We thank you for these miracles that have been told to us that we read about, that we can study and unpack. But we pray, God, that we would be able to experience them ourselves in our lives to be drawn closer to you. Lord, we don't want the miracle just because of a selfish thing inside of us, but we want it because we want to see you revealed in this world for others to see. Be drawn closer to you. Let us hear, see, and experience you like we never have before. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Hey, as we unpack this series, we're pulling out clips from The Chosen as they're available in these miracles because it's something cool to watch it visually. When I watch this next clip, if you've gotten through the whole series, this is the very last episode of season number three. If you're not watching The Chosen, what are you doing with your life? This is the very last episode of season number three. It's powerful. Check this out.
disciples there as well and Peter there as well and he, he gets in this moment where this is often seen as something that was um, uh, almost a we have a picture of it in our minds we have a, an idea how this happened uh, or a, a, visualiza a visualization like you may have heard of this miracle you're probably familiar with it it's, it's a more popular miracle if you will Peter walking on water. But this morning I want to unpack it and I want to look at it from a couple different angles because I believe there's a lot more going on in this story than we give it credit. And I believe there's a lot of things that we can pull out of it that actually relate to your life today. If your life is like that boat, if your life is like those disciples, if your life is like Peter, whatever you relate to in this scenario, you could pull something out of it today and go, I really needed that from me. I want you to walk out of here and know you can be encouraged, not just because you're going to survive, but because you can thrive and because we are believing for miracles in our lives as well. Amen? So if you're taking notes this morning, write this down. Number one, blessings bring burdens. That's encouraging, isn't it? Blessings bring burdens. But I thought burdens brought blessings. Maybe so. But blessings bring burdens as well. Let me talk to all the parents in the room. Found out you were going to have a baby. Praise God, we're going to have a baby. Took the test. It goes like this. Here we go. Doctors confirm it. Going to have a baby. You may as well say going to have a burden. The rest of your life, mom and dad, got a burden on my heart. I don't think I'll ever outgrow it. Like my, I feel like sometimes I'm still a burden to my parents. Why? Because mom got a, oh, got a baby inside of me. I'm sharing my body with a baby, and this baby is what I've prayed for, and thank God for this baby. You got a burden in about nine or ten months. Birthing burden. Dad's got a burden. You enjoy, enjoy the blessing. And now you got a burden coming. A burden. Of, hey, I hope you feel the burden. I hope the burden takes over. And I, I got to care for this baby. I got to love this baby. I got to provide for this baby. 
Why are you telling dads they got Why? Because in America today, one out of four kids don't have dad living at home. They don't know dad. He's not present in their lives. Why? Because dad doesn't feel the burden to provide for their kids. They got the blessing, but they don't want the burden because blessings bring burdens. Hey, Dave, go plant a church in Houston. Oh, that'd be a blessing. I didn't know any of y'all. Tara and I didn't know any of you. I knew Brandon. We went to school together. But we hadn't seen each other in 20 years. Accidentally ran into each other one day. Now I meet you all. I got all these burdens. <laughs> Praying for you. Thinking about you. Believing for miracles for you. I come to church every Sunday. I got a burden on my back. If I have to preach on Sunday, I'm carrying a burden. It's a healthy burden. See, you initially thought of a burden in a bad way, like, oh, a burden is a bad thing. No, no, no. It could be a really good thing. It could be something that you carry on you because you take it with seriousness, because you approach it as a calling, because, you know, God has entrusted you to care for this child, to care for this church, to care for this message, to care for your spouse. My spouse is a burden. Carry them with care. Last Sunday, I wasn't even preaching. Boy, I'm free as a bird. You can have any conversation you want with me on Saturday night. I'm the happiest guy. I can be like, ooh, here we go, like family time at the Deeper Francesca house Saturday night if I'm not preaching the next day. If I'm preaching the next day, watch what you say. Ask my wife. It's a challenge because your mind gets overwhelmed and you're hard and you got this burden. You just say, and Tara's like, I know you're preaching tomorrow, but I need to talk to you about this. I'm like, okay. And you learn to deal with it. You learn to process. But when I first started years ago, ooh, we had more fights hours before I'd preach because I didn't know how to deal with it. You know what I'm talking about. It's a burden, but it's a healthy burden. It's a beautiful burden. It's a burden that God entrusts you and gives to you because he's called you to be a blessing, and now he's given you a burden. If you're a leader here, you carry around thoughts and concerns and care. How can we grow this church? Your dream team, man, we love you. You carry a burden for this church. You see the blessing that it is, so you carry the burden to make, it, make sure it's all ready to go every Sunday, to make sure small groups are happening. You carry this burden in a healthy way, and knowing it depends on me. I've got to get it done. I'm committed to God and working through the avenue. It's a healthy burden. But burdens come because of blessings in our lives. We love this church. It becomes a burden in a good way. The boys are sent aside. Hey, boys, listen. I know we just fed y'all. I know we just took care of things. Here's the deal. Let's get some rest. Let's go to the other side. Get back in the boat. Go over there. I'll meet you there. We'll have a good time on that side of the lake. Oh, it's going to be a blessing, Jesus. Oh, it's going to be good times. We'll go over there. Maybe we'll get to have that picnic we were set out to have. And they run into a storm. A storm that comes up out of nowhere. Why? Because number two, resistance comes. Revelation brings resistance. Revelation brings resistance. Jesus tells them to go to the other side. And on the way there, they run into something that is resisting them from getting there. 
so many times in our lives, when we run into resistance, we feel like we made a wrong turn, a wrong decision. I should have chosen that. I picked wrong. I messed up. I shouldn't have married them. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have been this way. And we run into these resistance walls and we think this couldn't have been God. God wouldn't have allowed me to go through this storm. I must have brought this on myself. This must be my own fault and I'm running into this because of me. Or life just happened or God didn't know what he was talking about. I should have, should have just not had anything to do with church at all. I should have just made up my own mind. But in fact, Jesus being all-knowing knew the storm would come up and sent the boys right into the middle of the storm because he wants to prove your faith. Because if not, if you get to the other side without resistance, you don't believe faith got you there. You believe you got you there. I got there. I'm a self-made man. You see what I built? See my kingdom? Went to school, got an education, got a job, hit a home run right out, got the right connections. Look at this empire. Look at this wealth. Look at this fortune. Look at this fame. Look at all that I've done. But when you go through resistance, I don't know about that. I thought we were just going to get over there and row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Ooh, look at that. It's funny how God doesn't give you all the information up front. Withholding information. Holding things back. Top secret. Angels got it in envelopes. Won't tell you what's going on. Come on, God. Clue me in a little bit. Go to the other side, boys. I'll see you there. And they run into this storm. Why? Because when you get a revelation from God, he's going to test, do you believe what he said is true? And you're going to run into something that's going to resist. I find it unique that the problem was not a rainstorm. The problem was a windstorm. The wind was blowing. So where the Sea of Galilee sits right here, it's just above the Dead Sea in elevation. And on both sides are mountains that come down. And it's a wind tunnel, and it's known for the windstorms that are created there. So the wind is blowing so hard that it's causing the boat and the waves to stir up. So as the waves are coming in, crashing in on the boat, the boys are fighting the wind storm that is happening. And I find it unique that oftentimes when you row a boat, you don't look where you're going when you're rowing. You look where you've been. So they're rowing, and they're rowing, and they're rowing. And they're looking, and they're going, we're going. Now, John records it. Matthew, Mark, and John all recorded the story. John said they got about three or four miles from the shore, and there was a total trip of eight, which tells us they're smack dab in the middle. And it's taken them all night. They left at evening. It's now the fourth watch. It's somewhere early in the morning. Could you imagine fighting a windstorm rowing for hours and hours and hours and hours? And what you're looking at is where you've been. So when you have a vision that the church says we exist to move people from where they are to where God wants them to be, and we say, get on the boat and start rowing. 
You're like, well, they want me to move over there and be a small group leader. This is hard work. I got to call these people. I got to think about these people. I got to make coffee for these people. I got to study. I got to gather. I got to check on them. They told me it'd be fun. I said, join a small group. Rowan, and what are you looking at? Where you were? It was easier over there. It was easier back there. That was the shore. That was the S-U-R-E. That was the shore thing. Why would I get in this boat and go this way? Because you got a word from God. You know what the disciples shouldn't, they should get more credit than they do. The boys actually stayed in the boat. There should be something that should give them some credit. Somebody should give them some credit because they had staying power. Because too many times in life when we face resistance, what do we do? Woo, we jump out that boat. We turn that boat around. Woo, go back this way. Why? Because the wind's blowing that way, and all I got to do is put the sail up, and I'll be back where I started. And we have too many people in churches that have gone and put the sail up and gone right back to where they started because they ran into resistance, and they thought it was too hard, but God was just testing their faith to see if he could get them through. They were rowing, and they're rowing, and they're rowing, and they got staying power. Stay in that thing. Stay with that commitment. Don't give up. Don't walk out. Stay committed to it. And it's unique because the windstorm, the wind was against them, the Bible says. The wind was against them. And I think if we really want to extract that word and pull that out, we would understand that the wind is the air. The air is what's in our lungs. You can use that to say also many times when you get out there and get a word from God and get going, ooh, somebody's going to have something to say about it. Somebody's going to have some kind of comment. You go to that church, you're going to raise your kids like that. You go to church every weekend, you're going to give how much money to God? Are you crazy? You're going to sell out right now? You're going to walk away from direct deposit and start a business? Why? I got a word from God. And resistance will come in the form of wind. Oftentimes from people that are around you, close to you, that you thought you could count on. Culture. Who you can't even open up your phone and see apps and the wind is blowing. I'm trying to raise my kids right. I'm trying to do life right. And it's just telling me everything is against me. I can't say this. I got canceled for that. And the wind is just blowing. Just blowing. Blowing against you. And you're trying to row your boat. You got your family in there. No, we're going where God's leading us to. And everything comes against you. Staying power. Hang in there. Don't get out of that boat. And what's unique is there's nothing wrong with the boat. The boat is not broken. The boat is functional. The boat is operational. The boat is there to carry them to where they're going. Unless you get another word from Jesus. It is staying power, and then there's time to move. Because Peter... Now, Peter gets a word from Jesus. Peter sees Jesus. They see him out there. Is that a ghost? What is going on? One of the authors wrote and said Jesus was walking by. It said he was standing on the shore for a long time, watching them straining at the oars. 
I feel like Jesus has watched me strain at the oars more than once. Come on. Working through this thing in my marriage, if you come over here and help, it'd be a big blessing to me, Jesus. Working through this thing at the church, you just open some doors somewhere, we get a building, working through something. You ever felt that way? He's over there. He's standing on the shore. And at dawn, right before dawn, is when he decides, ooh, time to go, boys. Here I come. And one of them said, I think he was going to pass us by. Didn't even plan on stopping. <laughs> oh, that encourages me none. <laughs> really? Really? Like, that's the way I feel sometimes. All these other churches getting a blessing that we could use. All these other marriages seem to be getting, all these other kids, all these other people got healed. Look at their bodies. What about mine? Boy, that's going a good job. I was talking to somebody in the lobby this morning. He said, Pastor, thanks for the heads up. So what? He shared with me a miracle story. He said, I just landed a great job Signed on the dotted line this week. It is a miracle from God. But now I know the resistance is coming. <laughs> you were listening. He said, yeah. He told me some of the details of his job. He said, stay in the boat. He said, I can't believe I got it. Miracle. But you know the resistance is coming. That's not to discourage you. It's to get you to stay in the boat. But he actually had this moment where he got out and is walking by faith because he's leaving the security of where he was for the potential of something greater because he believes that God opened that door up for him. You don't get out of the boat unless you hear Jesus say, come. Now in Dave's ignorant version, the DIV, here's how I hear this story. Peter, Jesus, is that you? Tell me to come. John, did you hear him? He said, come. John says, Peter, he said, you're dumb. He didn't say, come. Who in the right mind gets out of a boat that's functional? A faith-filled person. somebody who gets a word from God and just needs one word. Just needs one word. Come to me. Peter gets out of that boat. I can't imagine. Oh, I'd like to see somebody paint me a picture, an artist, of Peter throwing that leg over the side of that boat and putting that first foot out there on that on H2O on the water and just, I mean, I couldn't even dangle it off the stage and just fall off. Like, he just what kind of faith did he have to throw the leg over the boat that was his safety to go out on a word from Jesus? Step. And step. And step. And he begins to walk towards Christ on the water, keeping his eyes on him. And you know the story. We read it. We saw it. You've heard it. He saw the wind and was afraid. He heard the voices, was scared. And the moment he took his eyes off Jesus, he sank. 
Peter did in that moment what you should do every time. He cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Jesus reaches out, grabs him, and pulls him out of the water. Point number three, storms bring a savior. You thought the storms in your life were there, were going to destroy you. They're actually there to reveal to you that you're not alone, that he is with you, that he is for you, that he is there alongside of you. And in a moment, you can cry out, Lord, save me. And I think too many times we get listening to the wind the waves are crashing and beating against the boat of our life. And as it is, we give in to fear. Oh, I missed a couple days reading my Bible. I guess I just ought to quit. I'm no good at this. You get beaten up in your mind because you're like, well, I can't even understand it anyway. They're talking about stuff I don't know. Don't give up. Move on to something different in there. That's a big book. While I was trying to pray and I get distracted every time. You get beaten up in your mind. I can't keep to stay focused praying. It's okay. Just have a conversation with God. Ah, God, I was trying to give him things, the 90-day tithing challenge. I tried it, but then I saw on the forecast, like they're saying this about the economy, and I got this situation, and this bill came out of nowhere, and, 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 and you thought you were your source. gave in to fear and I just I don't know about this month this paycheck I may wait ah you went to a church and they abuse finances and you're like oh I can't trust anybody this happens going through marriage and just ah you know coming out of a divorce and just you know what I'm not really gonna dive back into that scene because Oh, the pain and the hurt and the, just, mm, I don't know, maybe I'm not fit for it. Lord, save me. Storms bring a Savior. Jesus pulls him out, and as he's pulling him out of the water, we stop and celebrate. Peter walked on the water. Jesus saved him. And they lived happily ever after. I called this message round trip ticket for a reason. And it doesn't make any sense until we get to this point right here. That's why I didn't tell you in the beginning. As we get to this point right here, Peter's pulled out of the water. He's standing with Jesus on the water. And I do not believe Jesus scooped him up carried him in. I do not believe Jesus snapped his fingers and they magically appeared on the boat. Or I should say miraculously appeared on the boat. I believe they walked back together because it is a story for you and I to understand that even when you have fallen and messed up, even when you've lost faith 
and quit believing. Even when the wind was blowing so loud and there was chaos and anxiety rising in your soul and you felt yourself sinking, the moment you cried out, Lord, save me, he pulls you out and you still have a destination to get to with him. His word was, we're going to the other side. So no matter what you face, no matter how many times you fall, you hold on to the word. We're getting through. Your marriage is going to get through. Your parenting is going to get through. In your singleness, you're going to get through. You're not going to be alone. Your money, you're going to get through. Your career is going to get through. This church is going to get through this time of being portable. It would be helpful if somebody said amen right there, you know. It's not the finish line. If it is, it is. But it's not. He's got a plan. And even though we're rowing and we're facing resistance, even though we get out and we step out of the boat and go, I know I got a word from God. Here I go. We walk by faith. If you fall, if you fail, don't you dare stay down. Lord, save me. Get pulled back out of that water. And know you got a round trip ticket and you're going back to the boat to get to the other side. He's not through with you. He's not done with you. He's not mad at you. Peter, Peter, you can make it through. I think so much about this story. Was it Peter realized, you know what? This wasn't so much about a storm as it was school. That it was just a lesson. I think for each one of us, whatever you're facing right now, whatever your testing is right now, realize I recognize I'm going to have resistance. I know there'll be burdens. And I know Jesus will be with me. That is what you hold on to. That is where your faith has to get down inside and go beyond everything else that you hear and see. Because we walk by faith, the Bible says, not by sight. If you walk by sight, you'll fail and you'll fall. So will I. The walk is a walk of faith. You stand with me this morning. I hope this encourages you. I hope it gets you, your faith levels rising up. Kind of see it like an elevator, like a, like a, just kind of picking it up each week. Each week. And I believe your miracle's coming. Maybe it's here. I've heard about them throughout the weeks. This is the third week of the series. The Bible says, speak those things that are not as if they were. told you a couple years ago, I feel like I've seen a building in my mind's eye. What it might look like? I tried to draw it one day. I may as well have my five-year-old do it. Didn't work out so well, but I know. 
You ever feel like that? Like you try to put it out there and you're like, I can't even describe it, but I know it. Come on, if that's you this morning, you just need a miracle, just shoot your hand up. Come on, be bold. Come on, get some courage. Take heart. Well, today you need a miracle. Whatever it is, don't be ashamed. I need a miracle. I need one. We need one as a church. God, I thank you that you are the miracle maker, that you are the God who sees beyond my falls, my flaws, my failures, and you see the one that you cared for and died for. You see the one that you're walking out to to rescue every time. And God, you see the one who is fully dependent upon you. You are my source. You are our source. We are our life support from Jesus. There is no one else that satisfies or fulfills like you do. God, we call upon you this morning. Lord, save us. God, just come into our situation. I don't know what doctors have said. I don't know what the wind is telling us. I don't know what is coming against each person in this space, but you do, and your word is greater. Your name is higher. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we declare and we believe miracles will happen. Hearts will be changed. Relationships will be changed. People will come back home. Marriages will be mended. God, we believe that people will be healed. Stage four cancer, canceled. I'm a cancel cancer. I said, well, cancel cancer. In Jesus' name, we will see signs. We will see things that make us wonder. We will see miracles. Not because of us, but because of you to bring glory back to you. God, we just want to get closer to you. We just want to know you more. God, I pray for these people to have staying power, staying faith. Let your church remain. God, let us not hop out of the boat just because the wind starts blowing and things start getting rocky. But we are people who stick it out and remain. But when we get a word from you, we walk by faith. We are water walkers. We will step out. One word from you. Lord, I heard you tell me, come to this city. That's why we're here. These people said, come to this church. That's why we're here. We're following you with our lives. God, I pray you heal somebody. With high blood pressure, just heal them. can't fix it. Doctor said no surgery will fix it. You can heal it. Tendons and muscles and soft tissue, you can heal it. Heal our hearts. Somebody with an emotional pain that goes so deep. Emotional pain is way worse than physical pain. right now 
I see Peter stepping out there on that water. And as he's walking out there, he's looking at it going, you can have the world. You can have the boat. You can have your voices. You can have your opinions. You can have all of it. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. When we sing this song, that's a visual I get. We're looking only at him, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy set before him, laid down his life, endured the cross, despising the shame because of you and me. Jesus, we fix our eyes on you. Come on, church worshiping. Give me information. It's just I think God wants somebody to know this. When our five-year-old was born, being birthed, the doctor, as he was coming out the canal, stop, 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 stop. Hold up a second. We're in the pushing stage. She stopped everything. She didn't know why. The cord had found its way around his neck, double looped. And if he had been pushed out fully, it would have choked him to death. She was able to pause, correct things, and in a healthy way deliver the baby. Dax, our five-year-old. It's a miracle. I don't know if you feel like you're suffocating. I don't know if you feel like you're on your last rope. I don't know if you feel like you're at that spot in life where, God, if you don't do it, there's nothing wrong with being there. But don't jump out of the boat. Have the faith to believe. Gather everything you have inside of you and hold on.
boy runs around. He is a wild child. Woo. Because of a miracle. Oh, eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard of all the great things God has planned for those that love him. God help us. In Jesus' name. Close your eyes for just a moment. If you're here today and you're ready to take that first step, that first step is simply exchanging your sin for a Savior and saying, Jesus, come into my life. If that's you, I want to pray with you. It's a step of faith. It's a very first step. It's a step of salvation. Across this room, those watching online, we're going to pray this together. Pray it out loud. And in your heart, you're going to make a decision to put your trust in him. Say, Jesus, forgive me my sins. Wash me clean. Make me new. Forgive me. Pick me up. Lord, save me. Use my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, put your hand together, church. God is doing amazing things, and we're going to celebrate it all the way.